Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Pass swings on the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm your host, Nathan Dominitz, the sports content editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. We talk about Georgia Southern Athletics, uh, mainly football. Here we are recording on Tuesday of uh, Thanksgiving, the holiday week. Georgia Southern is going into its final game of the football season this Saturday in Boone, North Carolina, against Appalachian State, uh, who is the East Division champion. And it's 2.30 p.m. uh, game on Saturday. Once again, we're talking on Tuesday, and we've got the best person to talk to about that game. Uh, He's smiling already, thinking about my my, uh, uh, praise it's Ethan Joyce of the Winston-Salem Journal. He's been there for about since 2017. He covers the Mountaineers, and he also covers Wake Forest. But we're going to leave Wake Forest off to the side because Ethan's on a tight schedule. He made a special time for me today uh, between a lot of business that he's got to take care of with the uh, football teams he covers. So, Ethan, thank you for coming back to the show, your return guest. Thank you very much. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. I always It's always fun to come on this pod, so I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we get a little crazy here now. <laughs> uh, Ethan Ethan did very well last season, and we decided to give him a raise. We're doubling his pay for this appearance from zero to two times zero. There you go. <laughs> it didn't cost us any extra. But, uh, Ethan, we've got a, a, a few minutes to talk. So um, let's talk about App State. Uh, they call it hate week. It's a big rivalry. Uh, I, I heard uh, Coach Sean Clark this Monday uh, talk about how it doesn't matter. He didn't say throw the records out the window, but he said if we were zero and zero or we had zero wins and they had zero wins, it'd still be a big rivalry, one of the best in college football. Uh, obviously, Georgia Southern is only three and eight this season, not zero, but three and eight, two and five in the Sun Belt Conference. And App State having the kind of year that Georgia Southern and the rest of the East Division wish they had, nine and two, six and one in the Sun Belt and playing. Uh, Louisiana for the Sun Belt Championship on what is December 3rd, so a week from Saturday, uh, in Louisiana in a rematch. So sum up, I will start without breaking it down too much. What is what kind of season has App State had in your mind? I think it's been a it's been a great one for them. I think if if they probably could have had a better showing against Louisiana, that would have been ideal. But you know, sometimes college football is not perfect. It never is. And Louisiana has still managed to be a little bit inconsistent, I think. Even, even when I thought that game and that result was going to be kind of the pivot point for them to really start cruising at a different altitude, um, I, don't, I don't think they really have. And I think that's just a, a situation where they played their best game of the year against the best opponent they could have. And I think it was a good reminder for App just what it takes to have a really good season and, 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 you know, they obviously – they go 9-3 and three last year, but it was a 9-3 and three where they weren't in a contention for a conference championship. Right, right, right. And, and that was difficult, I think, for a group of seniors that had kind of become a, accustomed to that. And so you've really seen them do a hard reset. And, and you know, it started with that Coastal Carolina victory against a, you know, top 15 team in Coastal. And they've, got a, they've had a very ideal schedule since then, and they've, they've taken care of business the way they should. So the record is what it is because, for the most part, they've taken care of business this year, and they've actually played some really good football here lately. Yeah, it seemed like they uh, made amends for some of the, the losses last year. Like, they lost to Marshall last year, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah. This year they beat Marshall 31-30, so they won the close game there. 
Uh, you mentioned the Louisiana game, uh, 41-13 in favor of Louisiana on national TV, ESPN2 game. And I, I think that caught a lot of us as like, wait, what happened to the close game? That's uh, One team was definitely, like you said, maybe their best game. Uh, Georgia Southern fans have uh, seen Louisiana this year and last year, and, and they didn't – I'm doubting that they got blown away by the Louisiana team that day. Right. You know, Louisiana won both of those games. But Georgia Southern um, – not to rehash old memories, but Georgia Southern – in Lafayette, probably felt they should have won that game. They lost yeah. on a last-second kick by a kicker who was very inconsistent. And then this, the game this year, they hung in there, and, and uh, Louisiana pulled away. Uh, but um, they weren't, like, you know, blown away. Obviously, they were the better team, but they weren't like, wow, you're nationally ranked, and we're not even no, getting anything. And uh, we're, we could be on the same field as you. And it kind of reminded me of um, some of the other games George Southern has, has had. Obviously, uh, not a beyond disappointing for Georgia Southern, but – the App State team that they're going to see this Saturday, um, you look at it, you, they, they built on last season, uh, Sean Clark's second full season this year, and that's a guy that knows App State backwards and forwards. They it seemed like they didn't have to add too much because they, they brought back a lot of guys. Um, I mean, I, I didn't want to jump ahead to the wide receivers, but yet, what, they're led by three super seniors uh, who have huge, great numbers. They have a running back that leads, uh, Nate Noel, that leads the league in rushing. They have a guy that has a great name, for running back Cameron Peoples, he's got to run right in there. He leads what in touchdowns, yeah. rushing touchdown at 13. And then their quarterback, and this is gets to a whole nother thesis paper I could write about quarterbacks in the Sun Belt. Uh, Chase Bryce is doing great things. Uh, you wonder why any any school would let him go. Uh, people know him maybe from Grayson High in Georgia years ago now, but they know him from Clemson and saving Clemson's undefeated season when he filled in for Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. and beat Syracuse, and this was, he was relatively unknown. I guess he went to Duke, did put up good numbers, and what's he doing at App State? How, how does that happen? Yeah, I think he's fitting in a lot better. Um, I, think, I think what people needed to realize with Chase when he was coming from Duke to App, if he had a rough year at Duke, he led the nation in, in turnovers individually last year. Um, it was not a good showing for him, but I think in fairness – you see what Duke is this year too. And they're, I mean, that's a talent wise as a starter, he's never had this consistently um, mm-hmm. like what he has at app state, you know, now Clemson, he obviously was around some very important guys, but like you said, right. he stepped in for a minute, did his part and and got a championship ring for it. Um, Chase, Chase got all the time that you normally get to acclimate to a team. You know, he probably picked the hardest year to be a grad transfer with, with COVID-19 just kind of wreaking havoc on the 2020 season. And if you remember, Duke was was one of the programs that returned probably the latest um, as far as like when, when football players got to come back and when they got to start interacting with each other and the way they started to get to interact with each other. Um, I think he just kind of got a fair shake here. And I, I think he also has just, he's, he's found a culture he fits into. He's been surrounded by talent. And Sean made it pretty clear early on that he didn't really need Chase to win a football game. He just needed him to play his part in it. And he's been doing that. You know, he'll have a turnover here and there. They'll take a shot and, and maybe kind of throw an interception here and there. But the thing about it is App hasn't really been plagued by their turnovers. And I think this team, the way it scores, the way it kind of it, the way it kind of reacts to those initial series against teams reminds me a lot of those Scott Satterfield teams that you know it was it would be kind of tight and then all at once it was just this steady pull away and there wasn't really much that anybody could do about it this 
this team plays a very similar fashion of football in my mind. Yeah, just, uh, just to remind people, um, Chase Bryce, 11 games, 203 of 313, 2,666 yards, 20 interceptions and uh, sorry, 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That's not an ideal ratio, but you explained it before I could even ask you. It's kind of like uh, I, I, he's not like a gunslinger type, right? He's just maybe he doesn't always throw to the best person. Sometimes uh, I think I think there have been instances like the Louisiana game was a, a perfect example where there were some turnovers that weren't his fault. You know, that it was like a ball that bounced off guy's hands and stuff. You know, occasionally, he, occasionally they'll just take a shot and it doesn't pan out. Um, yeah. But the, the thing about Chase is, is I've never seen an arm like this at App State. I mean, mm-hmm. I, he's he's got a real deal arm. And, you know, Zach Thomas had a really good arm. Um, but Chase. Chase was a different stratosphere of, of quarterback, and it was pretty clear early on. And I think he's, for the most part, he's done a really good job with this offense. And, you know, they're good enough where they can take some chances and, and make a mistake and still have time to react. And, and I think that's really what you want to see from a good football team. It's how do I, how do I react to a situation that I created? And, and they've just kind of stayed on a steady course, even, even after maybe a turnover slows things down for a second. I think I think there's some uh, football one-on-one areas to get to. Like we, I talked last week about BYU being good at everything from um, quarterback play to wide receivers, running back certainly, offensive line, defensive line. The kicker and the punter also are excellent. I mean, not just good, not very good. They're also excellent. And um, I think the news today, Tuesday, uh, was that uh, App State was their offensive line was a, a finalist, one of 13 in the country, which is pretty high high uh talk to be one of yeah. 13 out of um every every division one pro- college football program uh, fbs i assume uh top 13 and possibly the best offensive line in the country and it's not just like perception there's some real hard facts about how few times chase bryce has gotten sacked how many how few quarterback hurries even against troy state which we know is a, a trouble they didn't have any sacks right against app state and uh and also, of course, the rushers are doing great. So yeah. they can they can rush block, they can pass block. Is there anything they can't do? There's a they got a guy named Bear Hunter on the team. So obviously, they're already your favorite. <laughs> yeah, the I I mean the thing is, it's really hard sometimes to try to find a flaw with App State. Last year was pretty easy. <laughs> you know, last year they couldn't they really couldn't throw the ball for distance. They they, they what. What they could do on the field was very crunched up, and because of that, you know they leaned on the run a lot, which they're going to do anyways. But those yards were a lot harder to come by, and you've seen a reset of that this year. You really have, and I think you've even seen that they've got some really good talent in the wide receiver room coming along. Um, you know, guys, guys like Christian Horn, guys like you know Deshaun Davis and and um, Christian Wells. Like those are going to be good football players. Um, and so, and you, you know, you can talk about like you can even look at the defensive side. They've really kind of found this rhythm on defense where they're not not only are they creating turnovers, they're scoring touchdowns. They've done it pretty regularly. And again, it has been a favorable favorable schedule um, lately. But they're doing a lot of good things on defense that's that's creating turnovers and that are scoring points or either putting the offense in, in really easy position to, to keep extending those leads. I, I do want to mention we're, we're running short on time. Uh, uh, Ethan's been so good to join us here on Tuesday of game week uh, on a holiday, so everything's kind of compressed. Uh, 
Um, you mentioned the wide receivers. Uh, this these are the kind of numbers that anybody would want. You have uh, Corey Sutton with 54 receptions, Malik Williams with 47, and Thomas Hennigan with 46. I think Thomas Hennigan is playing with his kid. Has he been there that long? <laughs> he's uh, been there a while. It's been. I think he's he's, he's on his third degree, maybe. He's uh, ten He's tenured. <laughs> that's right. He's got his own parking spot. Sure. Uh, but uh, those guys, uh, big numbers, all super seniors. So they've got uh, Corey Sutton sat out uh, last year with co- the COVID situation. All those guys have been nominated preseason or postseason first, second, or third team Sun Belt. I mean, that's that's just mm-hmm. almost crazy to have all those guys at the same time. It's not just one featured receiver to have three. Um, and then you mentioned Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples. Um, a lot going on. And and the, with the wide receivers, and this I thought, and I'll talk more about BYU after the break, but when you have like frontline wide receivers – What's the who's trying to stop them? Well, d- the defensive backs at George Southern they've been injured. They uh, they lost their, their their shutdown corner, if you will, uh, Derek Canteen in the second game of the season. He was a freshman All America last year, breakout player. If you don't have him, that's pretty tough. If you don't have healthy defensive backs and you're going down to walk-ons, which they've used walk-ons, they started against BYU. I mean, if you go into looking at your crystal ball, is this trouble for George Southern secondary? Obviously, statistically. They're amongst the worst. I'm not saying the players are bad, but statistically, they're amongst the worst in pass defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that I think if if Georgia Southern can keep this competitive for you know maybe the first half, I think that'd be an ideal scenario. Just because you know, you're talking about you're talking about that, you're talking about a team that's just struggled, you're talking about a team that's in a, a kind of a weird coaching situation now, where you know you know who the new head guy is, but you're also kind of listening to the to the staff that's remaining, and he's. I mean, that's that's an interesting thing to be in. Um, so it's like really the question there is, you know, what's the pride factor like right now? Because I mean, it is true in a sense that it hasn't really mattered what Georgia Southern's record has been in some of these games. They've really ruined some some like ideal scenarios for App to be in that serious Group of Five New Year Six conversation. Right. Um, I think you always have to take that into account. And I think if, if there's pride there, it's a different game. If, if, and it's still going to be a difficult game. You know, App is a really good football team. They've got a good streak going right now. But if pride's there, it's, it, it can be another great installment of, of this rivalry. If it's not, you know, you might be in, in some danger zone pretty quickly. Yeah, you mentioned the, the schedule. Um, uh, they've only allowed 28 points the last four games. Which is, uh, you know, that would be nice for one game uh, to give up 28 points. It's not not great, but it, but just in four games, and um, they beat uh, Troy last week, and Troy fired their coach uh, Chip Lindsey uh, after that uh, outcome um, of a blowout loss to um, a really good App State team. Uh, I guess that, and we could talk on an, another episode about the, uh, the the nature of go ahead and fire the coach now. It's recruiting. There's signing days in December. It's less than a month away. Let's get the new guy in there and, and at least tell the recruits, you know, who's who's coming. So Chip Lindsay didn't even get to get to the, the final game uh, this year and kind of clean out his locker. So um, uh, we're right at two o'clock Eastern time. So I'm going to let Ethan go. Uh, he's been a great sport to come on uh, between assignments uh, on a holiday week. So the deadlines are just totally different. Ethan, you did great as always. We'll give you another uh, raise. We'll triple your your, your appearance fee. <laughs> if you can see that he's raising the roof on that, uh, don't spend it all at once. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to keep going for a little bit uh, to, to fill out the rest of the show. I hope you'll hang with me. But, Ethan, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for coming on. I hope people enjoyed uh, an insider look at the Mountaineers. Uh, he's got great analysis, and uh, I, I assume he'll be at the game on Saturday, 2.30 p.m., Kid Brewer Stadium, ESPN Plus, for those of us who aren't in uh, Boone, North Carolina. Enjoy the weather. I think that's the first thing people talk about is you go to Boone in, in December, November, you well, you get what you want. You get you get what you expect, um, especially because we're having unseasonably nice weather here. Um, and it's also, we could talk about playing playing this rivalry game at the end of the year when there's usually so much on the line. And you mentioned Ab State's uh, hopes of, when they were ranked and being knocked off twice, the only two victories uh, against FBS ranked teams that Georgia Southern's ever had was was App State, which must please them to no end. That they've uh, that and if yeah. they had to pick two, it wasn't BYU and Coastal Carolina even. It was uh, this year, but it was it was uh, App State uh, a couple years ago and a year before that, I think. So Ethan, thanks very much. Ha- safe travels. And uh, everybody, uh, appreciate uh, you guys listening. We're going to keep going, but I want to first take a break for a commercial, uh, and we'll say goodbye to Ethan. Uh, And uh, thanks, Ethan. Um, uh, I want to plug the best source for local news in Savannah, the Savannah Morning News and savannahnow.com. If you want to know the latest on George Southern football, they've got one regular season game left, and then it's on to recruiting, which is going on right now uh, hot and heavy. how about high school football teams? We're down to uh, two local of our of our Savannah local teams. Um, Calvary Day and Benedictine are playing on Friday, uh, not against each other. Calvary Day in Class A private, and uh, Benedictine in 4A, and they're playing to get into the semifinals. Um, uh, also, Savannah State uh, sports. We we talked recently about uh, they had a great season, eight and two, and were squeezed out of the uh, the division. Uh, uh, one, uh, Division Two, uh, NCAA Division Two playoffs uh, at the last weekend. Um, They're trying to get that seven spot. They were number eight, and they got leapfrogged by number nine into number seven. So, George, uh, Savannah State uh, had a great season. Unfortunately for them, didn't get to keep playing. So, we got all that uh, sports, also in news, features, and opinion. Lots of all that. If you aren't a subscriber, now's the time to check us out. You can get full access to all of our digital content. Uh, the specials have been $1 a month for six months or $1 for six months. I checked to see what it is now. I think it's just changed, but uh, something a good value. If you uh, if you get six months, that carries you all the way through the basketball season into uh, baseball season. So And, and uh, signing day in February, for that matter. So uh, if you want to check us out, go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and give us a shot. Uh, savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and uh, sign up, and I and, uh, hope you like us. Uh, we'll talk now um, in the second half. Let's get back to George Southern football. Um, the, uh, the the Eagles played BYU last Saturday. BYU was ranked number 14 in the country uh, at 8-2, and two, and they, uh, they beat George Southern 34-17, to 17, and they moved up in the poll the next day to number 13. They're all around a uh, really good team. Uh, their offense, they have a, a really solid quarterback. He threw for 300 yards. Uh, it was never really rushed, or not, not never, but he was rarely rushed on his throws. Everything was pretty manageable. Uh, he had a few hurries, but um, Georgia Southern couldn't have any kind of sustained uh, rush, no matter uh, against a bigger offensive lineman. Uh, in fact, Kevin Whitley, the interim head coach of Georgia Southern, said after the game that you know he knew 
BYU was big, but he didn't know they were that big till he saw them in person. He said, well, I didn't know if I was looking at the Buffalo Bills or BYU. That, of course, the Bills play in the NFL. So that shows you the just the significant per- perceivable size difference. And, of course, the uh, players at BYU tend to skew a little older, too. They have that mission work built into their stay while they're in college as a couple years. And a lot of them are more mature. Um, now, some of the players I just mentioned, like Tyler Allgaier, the uh, running back, he's a sophomore as far as uh, a year in school. Uh, Jared Hill, the, the quarterback, is also a sophomore. Both those guys are, are excellent. The wide receivers, their top wide receiver was out with an injury, but they had plenty of other weapons. Uh, and those wide receivers, uh, they got some deep balls. When the Georgia Southern was kind of focusing on stopping the running game, they went up top for some, uh, I think they had three, at least three 40-yard-plus receptions. Uh, George Southern was playing a really beat-up secondary. It's been the case for basically all season. Uh, Daryl Baker Jr. talked to us on Monday at the press conference. He's dealt with forearm and ankle injuries. He's been in and out of the lineup. He's a six-year senior. Um, then you had, uh, uh, well, they were missing Derek Canteen since the second game of the season against Florida Atlantic. Uh, he uh, had a season-ending chest injury. Uh, muscle Terrence chest and he has uh, lost for the season he was a freshman all-american last year with six interceptions that's a real impactful player a real playmaker um, and then they've had to use uh, various people at uh, at cornerback in their place uh, Najee Thompson even switched over from wide receiver to play cornerback and then he was injured um, a couple games ago uh, and lost for the last couple games of the season uh, and he's announced uh, later that he is coming back for next year. He's a special teams whiz and did uh, really well uh, filling in a quarterback, especially a cornerback with someone without that kind of experience since high school. But he did a job, and um, we uh, we saw Georgia Southern hang with with BYU. Not only hang, they actually led BYU in the second quarter, tw- uh, 17 to 14. Uh, BYU had uh, George Southern got the ball, opening drive, marched down for a field goal. BYU came back with a touchdown. Uh, George Southern punted, and on this third possession, George Southern uh, drove for a touchdown. Logan Wright scoring, and Logan Wright did it again on the the next drive. And in the second quarter, they led 17-14, uh, and then BYU scored the next 20 points. Uh, and they actually could have in the fourth quarter probably could have uh, gone for another touchdown uh, uh, try, but they kind of ate up the last seven plus minutes of the fourth quarter and just kind of sat on the ball and took a knee instead of uh, going for style points and to trying to make the score more than 34 to 17. Uh, BYU was averaging 33 points a game, 33-plus points a game, giving up 23-plus points a game. So they hit their average. Georgia Southern um, just couldn't get a lot going in the second half. They had two interceptions. Um, the the interceptions, uh, one was a pr- pretty poor, poorly timed uh, at the time because they were driving, they were deep in – BYU territory. The game was still close, and the receiver didn't turn around. And the uh, the, the defensive back Jacob Robinson, ball was thrown right to him. Uh, the quarterback at, at that for that play, Amari Jones was rotating in for the starting quarterback Connor Sigelski, who was playing his first minutes, uh, his first snaps for Georgia Southern. He's a redshirt freshman, and he because of injuries to Cam Ransom and uh, Justin Tomlin. Uh, this season, neither one was able to go uh, on Saturday against BYU. So you have the number 14 team in the country, and you have a, the opposing quarterback has not played since high school at Marist High as a senior two years ago. But the thing is, Connor Sigelski did 
really, really solid. I don't think there's any argument. Um, he was praised by uh, Kevin Whitley as doing a great job. And, and the BYU coach, uh, Kalani Sikotaki, mentioned about how well uh, Connor uh, Sigelski played. Uh, they had no film on him. They didn't know anything really about him before, right before the game. And uh, I guess they just put a took the generic defense and, and just did what they were going to do anyway. And uh, they 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 pressured him. He was able to. Uh, he didn't get rattled. He made some good runs. He he made the best of some some broken plays uh, or some plays that weren't working. But he also uh, I think he completed 11 of 14 passes. And he uh, the one interception he threw was the second interception by Jacob Robinson in the fourth quarter uh, was really an amazing acrobatic catch by Robinson. It was a, it was a sideline pass kind of deep mid range. Uh, and uh, it was most likely going to be an incomplete uh, with uh, thrown in double coverage. And Robinson kind of went over the top of both the receiver and the other defensive back and made this uh, great, got his hand on the ball, made the catch, stepped in bounds, rolled out of bounds. It just, uh, just shows you the athleticism and talent uh, that they've got all over the field for, for BYU it's the reason why they're number 14 or number 13 now and hoping to uh, get a really good bowl game. Um, so where we have right now is Georgia Southern. Uh, they didn't know with only three wins, they're not going to a bowl game for the first time after three straight bowl uh, trips the last three seasons. They're, uh, they're just trying to play. They're playing yet another pride game, as uh, Ethan had talked about. Their biggest rival is App State, and they're playing App State. And uh, after kind of – we talked to them about is it a bowl game when you're playing your final home game against a nationally ranked BYU or against one of your new big rivals in Coastal Carolina a couple weeks back, and they they were motivated, they played hard, they just weren't able to uh, you know and have a strong second half. Um, so they've got App State this Saturday, 2:30 p.m. Uh, they they've talked about how close they've been all season. Uh, they've f- faced a lot of adversity with injuries predominantly. Uh, Cam Ransom. Uh, could play, uh, or they're they're hoping he can play this Saturday. He had a shoulder sprain in a win over uh, Texas State uh, two weeks earlier. Excuse me, and um, he uh, he he might that shoulder sprain might have healed up enough that he could play. Uh, Kevin Whitley said that uh, Justin Tomlin did not practice on Sunday. Here we are on Tuesday, and the team has off on Monday. So uh, we'll see what uh, how Justin Tomlin comes along. He's battling uh, possible uh, concussion symptoms. After taking a shot, that's a direct quote from uh, Kevin Whitley, taking a shot against Texas State. Um, and then he, uh, Coach Whitley said that uh, Connor Sigelski deserves to play after his solid performance, uh, not getting uh, you know, uh, uh, affected uh, you know, by the big stage that he was on. And he deserves a chance to go to Boone and play a, a really good App State team, an App State team that could end up ranked uh, – uh, certainly before the end of the season was ranked earlier. They've had a really strong run and um, see what happens. So everybody, thanks very much for listening uh, to the George Southern extra podcast. We'll be back next week to wrap up the season. I will talk about more about Clay Helton, who's the next head coach. He will take over full duties as soon as the game ends. I say, as soon as the, as soon as the team completes its uh, trip to Boone, uh, Clay Helton's already, uh, doing a lot of work on the recruiting trail. Uh, I think he said that they had 106. I've seen a quote that someone said he told him he had 169 uh, recruits uh, at the uh, last home game last, last Saturday against BYU. It was an electric atmosphere, uh, 20,862, I think, people in attendance. It's the biggest crowd of the year. And uh, I said George Southern hung tough uh, through the first half and uh, played hard throughout the whole game. 
uh, could just couldn't keep up at the end. But uh, we'll talk more about Clay Helton, and uh, we'll we'll uh, try to see uh, see where they go from here uh, with the signing day coming up, uh, the early signing days in December, and then the traditional national signing day at first Wednesday in February. So everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks again to Ethan Joyce of the Winston-Salem Journal for talking about Mountaineer football. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. It's gone. It is well with my stolen Montgomery. Georgia Southern.